brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Good morning. Welcome to Money in Politics in Delaware. I am your host. I am Dave Splaskovitz. I am, uh, let's see, the president of Wealth Advisors LLC. And uh, we bring you another great program today. The second half, John Stapleford, economist Stapleford, talks about the financial mess in the state of Delaware. Fabulous stats. Fabulous. That's the second half. Our first half, we do the first of each month. His name is Robert Fry, economist Robert Fry. Welcome back to the program. Thanks, Ace. It's good to be back. And Robert Fry is a Delawarean. He spent a career at the, the, some time at Conoco and Comores, but mostly as a, an economist at DuPont. While at DuPont, he, Fry, and team, and team, were the only three-time the most right economist in the world. Did I get it right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. So the uh, DuPont Economist's office is the only three-time winner of the Lawrence Klein Award for Blue Chip forecasting accuracy, uh, and I was uh, a part of that office for uh, most of my career at DuPont, probably 25 years in total. Okay, and uh, you retired, and now you oversee, own, run Robert Fry Economics LLC, and he joins us in a way to market his uh, business uh, the first of each month. So with that said, Robert, we always get first-time listeners. 30 seconds about you and 30 seconds about Robert Fry Econo, excuse me, Robert Fry Economies, Economics, LLC. Wow. Yeah, it's Robert Fry Economics, LLC. I publish a monthly newsletter very similar to the one I wrote for more than 20 years at DuPont. I have about 60 subscribers, always looking for more. I also publish a longer um piece on the global economy twice a year. I'm working on that now. It should be published. Uh, actually, by the time your your listeners hear this show, it will be published. Uh, I also give speeches on the economic outlook to companies and to trade associations. I did uh, four speeches in April. I've got five booked for, uh, for May and more booked into the rest of this year and even a couple booked for 2018. So that's going pretty well, but um, I love speaking about the economy and uh, I'm always looking for more speaking engagements. And I apologize. Uh, the giggle between Robert and I, I've pushed uh, like the wrong button like three times before we got going today. So uh, giggles aside, Robert, on your side, uh, we tape mid-morning, air on Saturday morning, and the story, at least Friday morning, is uh, full employment, payroll, or payroll unemployment. What are we trying to say? Uh, the employment report for April came out Friday morning. It showed uh, payrolls up by 211,000 in, 
in April. That was a bit better than expected. Now, there were downward revisions to the prior two months, so when you take out the downward revisions, it was pretty much in line with expectations. But a pretty strong report in terms of payroll employment. The headline unemployment rate fell to 4.4%, the new cyclical low. The uh, U6 unemployment rate, which takes into account people who are working part-time who would prefer to work full-time and also people who have stopped looking for a job because they're discouraged, fell to 8.6% from 8.9% in the previous month. It's fallen eight-tenths of a percent in the last three months, so it's actually nearing a level that's uh, consistent with full employment. So there's not a lot of slack left in, in the labor market. I think we need to stop thinking in terms of more jobs and start thinking in terms of better paying jobs. Um, I'm sure there are plenty of people out there right now who are working three part-time jobs to make ends meet and who would prefer that there were fewer jobs out there. They would like to have one well-paying job rather than the three low-paying jobs they have now. So that's, uh, I think we need to start directing our attention away from more jobs and towards better-paying jobs. Um, along those lines, there was a 0.3% increase in average hourly earnings in, in April. Um, so it's up 2.5% year-over-year. Uh, it, it, we're see, seeing a slow acceleration in wages and salaries, but I think uh, we really want to see more of that going forward. Robert, I, uh, because we're friends, uh, we trade emails and have discussion. Okay, so we've got this improving better than arguably the marketplace thinks economy. Uh, but when I'm looking at the numbers, the uh, 10-year treasury is still talking about a yield of 2.3, 2.33, somewhere historically low. My question, therefore, is what is it that you see that the market doesn't see that has you – uh, suggesting better than average, that's the wrong word choice, but an improving economy? Uh, well, I, I think we're seeing an improvement globally right now. So I don't think this is due um, to the U.S. election in November. I think that explains the pickup in the stock market. I don't think it explains the pickup we've seen in the economy because that's happened uh, globally. A couple of things going on there. One is uh, there, was, there are always inventory cycles in the economy, and I think there was a, an inventory contraction over much of the last year or two. That's sort of running its course, so I think you're, you're starting to see some, um, some accumulation of inventories, maybe too much in China, but starting to see some um, inventory accumulation or rebuilding. Um, we've also had, over the last 25 quarters, pretty much the worst increase in productivity that we've ever seen. The productivity growth has been at a 0.5% annual rate for 25 quarters. The only 25-quarter period that was worse than that was the period that ended in, uh, in the second quarter of 1982, and that included two recessions. Well, the, the thing that both of those periods have in common is very high oil prices. Now, they're not high right now, but from... Uh, February 2010 through August of 2014, they averaged over $110 a barrel. And I think we've paid the price for that. Um, you know, the, the more political economists and certainly the politicians always want to blame the other party's um, bad policies for, for the slow economic growth and, and slow productivity growth. But I really think the 800-pound gorilla in the room right now is high oil prices and if prices stay down, and I believe they will, 
I think we're going to get a reversion to trend in terms of productivity growth, and that's going to give us better growth. Also, if you look back at what's happened in the past, when you think you're at full employment and you think growth has to slow down, we get about 10 quarters of good growth. It happened in the late 80s in the Reagan administration. It happened in the late 90s in the Clinton administration. Um, I, I think it could happen now. I think we could get some better growth. So um, I, I'm relatively optimistic, uh, short to medium term. And you and I uh, were involved in the first ever Delaware-China Economic uh, Roundtable yesterday. Compliments the host uh Dennis O'Brien, I moderated, you were a panel member, and you addressed our group regarding primarily productivity. How about sharing those thoughts with the audience? Well, this goes back to, to um, you know, productivity. The, the common measure of that in the U.S. is um, real output per, per hour worked in the non-farm business sector, and that's what I was talking about when I said we had, had the worst 25-quarter period of productivity growth since 1982. We've only had one period that was that weak. Um, but I think it, I think we're going to see a pickup. Uh, we didn't see it in the first quarter. Productivity was down 0.6% in the first quarter. Um, but I think going forward with oil prices staying down, uh, we should get better growth. And if we get better policies, then I think we even see more of a pickup. And on your side, uh, do you argue you kind of use that term? I, I'm trying to remember your answer, but is it t- start? Is it time to start using the term full employment? I I, I think so. The um, the U3 unemployment rate, the headline unemployment rate, the one that fell to 4.4 percent, has been consistent with full employment for the last year. Uh, the Congressional Budget Office estimate of the natural rate of unemployment, which is the most commonly used measure of full employment, is 4.7. So that says we're beyond full employment. Now, I prefer the U6 measure, the one that includes um, people working part-time who'd wanna, who prefer to work full-time and, and those that have not actively looked for a job within the last month who, because they're discouraged. So you, I think U6 is a better measure, but even that's getting pretty close to, to – where it's been when we've been at full employment. So I, I don't think we get a, a lot more. Um, I don't think we can push the unemployment rate down a whole lot further. We're getting pretty close to full employment. So going forward to get more growth, you can't do it by employing more workers. You have to do it by getting more productivity, more output per worker. All right. I got to jump in. His name is Robert Fry Jr., Let's see if I can not flub it up here. Robert Fry Economics LLC is the company. We're going to take a short break. Tax plan is next. Stay with us. We will be right back. 